welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Hey, well, happy Thursday, May 19, 2022. Our apologies for coming on so late, but we've been working this for uh, more than more than an hour trying to get all the pieces together. We had connection problems that, that are unexplainable, warfare uh, we then actually canceled the show moments just in a couple seconds later, we came back on. So here we are, we're late, but we're with Robin Bullock today. Let's bring Robin Bullock in and let's just jump in and go for it. So, hey, Shalom. Robin, good to see hey, you, boy. That was one intense. That was wild, wasn't it? <laughs> that that was, was crazy. Yeah, yeah so, that was a ride. Yeah. Well, you, you were up and running. We don't have yeah. an explanation of what started working, yeah. although you did change some equipment, but who knows. But let's bring in our three guests, and we'll have them tell their bio in just a moment, but let's bring them on okay. in. So in the order that they popped up, Jeff O'Donnell, um, Philip. I don't know how to say your last name, Philip. How do you say it's that? Jeregi, Steve. Jeregi. And then Dr. Walter Doherty. So you uh, three, we'll have you tell your, more, your bio in just a moment, but... Uh, Robin, jump in on this and tell people what we're doing and, and what the Lord spoke to you and how this all came about. Well, well, Philip had actually contacted me. And, uh, of course, everybody knows that uh, how the that knows me, that the Lord has had me kind of in the middle of all of this prophetically for a long time. And I want I just want to tell everybody something right now that today I don't know what everybody thinks, but there's. I saved this until we came on the air, but today is an extreme day in the prophetic realm. Something happened a few days back. I told Philip a while back, we met, and and if he'll remember, I said something changed. Something had changed, and that was right before the leak happened. And uh, then, of course, that came out, but something today is a major change. Really? And I don't, I'm not talking about just this program and I'm not talking about just this nation, but something globally has changed today. Whoa, whoa. It's an, it's an international something. And, uh, it involves Russia. It involves different nations, but something has changed today. Now you mark it down because, uh, the spirit world, there's some, there's something up and it's huge right now and it's very heavy. And see, this is what the Lord spoke to me. Now, I'm just going to jump back over on this, is that we're in the time of the big lie. This is the time of the great lie. There's never been a time when the biggest show, greatest show on earth is happening that's happening right now. Everything you see in Washington is a big show. Uh, In the Ukraine is a big show. All of this is a show. And the sad part of it is they're bringing reality to the show. And the reality to the show, as far as like the Ukraine and Russia, is that people are dying. And they're actually causing people to die to bring a reality to this program. Uh, What you see in Washington, of course, is the greatest show on earth. You've You've got the ringmaster of the circus, which is Obama. You've got the court jesters, which is Biden and Harris. You've got, they're the clowns. You've got the bearded lady, which is the transgender associate healthcare person. You've got the biggest show on earth. And I said this before, the greatest entertainment in this show 
is the trained elephants that are all involved. You've got all these trained elephants that are being led by donkeys everywhere. And I told you they didn't like rogue elephants. And a while back, I gave a prophetic word. I said, pray for Madison Cawthorn. I said, this was way back. I said, pray for him because how they're going to try to do him is the way they're going to try to attack the prophets. And now they just, when he came in and, and brought insight to what's going on there in D.C., then they all attacked him, trained elephants and donkeys together, attacked him until he's out. And so now he's gone. And now you see what kind of attack is coming against the prophets. Jeez. So we're in the time of the great lie. And most of this political realm you're looking at is brought to you by Soros Incorporated. And uh, you're seeing all of this take place. Well, anyone that knows, uh, as, as somebody said one time, who's got BBs for brains, knows that the election was stolen. Anybody knows that, that really will look at it. And the, the difference is, is that nobody wants to say anything. Nobody will go on on record as talking about it. And uh, the narrative is being controlled. But the election was fraudulent. There's a jackal in the White House that's fraudulent. Uh, you're looking at, um, when I said, you know, the Lord told me he was a jackal. So I started calling him a jackal in uh, Jan- after January and that phony inauguration thing. Mm. I started calling him a jackal at that time. Well, now the jackal, uh, was there was foxes broke loose all over the Capitol Hill, biting, or several of them, biting congressmen, Democrat congressmen, and uh, they have rabies. It's the time of the jackal. Uh, I'm trying to say something, Steve. You told me one time, you said, just unload and don't hold back. Yeah, that's right. So that's what I'm doing right now. Go for it. In 2010, they floated the jackal Anubis, the great statue from Egypt. They floated it by the Statue of Liberty in New York, prophesying what was coming, the time of the jackal. Well, when the Lord told me, he said, look for this leak. There'll be this leak out. I don't know if you saw that prophecy. Yeah. Yeah. But it said there'll be this leak, this leak out concerning abortion. Well, I got a text the other day from somebody very, very uh, well-known in the political realm, in our realms, down here anyway. And he said, what does this mean? A jackal broke through the fence at, at, uh, at DC's, the D.C. Zoo, killed 25 flamingos. Jeez. But the Smithsonian is over that. And he said, what is the prophetic? Uh, what is this? in prophetic. Well, uh, Chief Justice Roberts is like over the spokesperson for the Smithsonian. Oh, really? It has, yes. And, it, and, the, and a jackal broke through the fence and killed 25 flamingos just the other day. And I told him, I said, well, I can tell you what that is. I said, this is the man who, who has voted against us every time almost. The Chief <laughs> Justice. You're looking at someone, and this has to do with him. And if this thing about abortion has a snag thrown in it, it, that's where it'll come from. Now, you need to remember that and watch what's going to happen. 
So we're in very prophetic times right now. And the greatest prophetic time right now is this. We're in a battle for, I believe, in the next six months for the whole future of a nation. And it has to do with this election. If we let 2020 go, I am tired of hearing everybody say, just look to 2024. If you don't fix 2020, there's not going to be a 2024 election. Everybody needs to get that through their head. If it's not fixed in 2020, now I'm talking with a righteous indignation today, I know, but this prophetic thing has rose up in me huge today. If we don't fix it and we're not willing to fix it, then we have given up this nation and we forfeited what we had. And nobody after us will ever know what we grew up in. Now, I believe when I was talking to Dr. Walter here on the phone for about two hours, he was very gracious to give me that time, and we talked. And he gave me three scenarios. He was going to give me three scenarios of how the election, the computers could have been fixed. He gave me two of them, and before he gave me the third one, I said, Brother, I said, do you believe in the prophetic? He said, absolutely I do. He said, I believe in all of it. I said, well, this is what the Lord told me. And the Lord said to me, he said, a mutated virus. Now, that's the way I heard it because I don't understand the computer world like you guys. He said, a mutated virus. And this is what he said to me. He said, when the votes came into the machines, the machines themselves had a program in them somehow that it would it was trigger points as soon as it reached a certain thing or some information got in it it was internally programmed to mutate itself and add something or grow something inside the computer wow and i didn't know any of that and i asked dr walter i said is that possible he said absolutely that's really that's the third scenario i was going to tell you so god is in the middle of this and I believe he's anointed these two men right here. I believe he's anointed them to bring this hidden things to light at the time we're in. And so, um, anyway, if that's an introduction, brother, or if that's yeah. a... That's awesome, Robin. And, you know, we're going to talk about the machines. This is going to be yeah. significantly, if not 100%, about mm -hmm. the machines. Uh, I talked off camera, and I said, well, which is it? Which was the fail point or the or the stolen mm. point is it the mules or is it the machine and if i understand you three gentlemen you said it's both they both had to be in place in order for the steal to happen so uh dr walter i'm going to throw this to you for a moment uh but let's do this if if each of you will let's start with you dr walter doherty a quick bio of you uh philip as well and jeff uh so that people will know who's talking and then we're going to watch a video clip to jump in so dr walter would you start well, thank you, Steve and Robin, for having us on. We really appreciate the opportunity. I went to Oklahoma Christian University and got a degree in mathematics. It was so long ago, there weren't any degrees in computer science back then, even though I started learning computers at the time. Uh, went to Harvard for my master's and doctorate degrees, started doing computer consulting, and then went into college teaching. So for 37 years, I taught computer science and engineering. The last 32 years at Texas A&M University in College Station, Texas. 
and I have consulted for major national and international corporations for government agencies, including classified work. Wow, awesome. Go ahead, Philip. Sure, thanks, Steve and Robin. I'm Philip Juregi. I'm an attorney. I have a couple different jobs, but I'm here today in my capacity with Mike Lindell and Lindell Legal Offense Fund. Awesome, awesome. Okay, and Jeff? Yes, I'm, I'm Jeff O'Donnell. I've uh, been working in software design, systems engineering, uh, database design for about 40 years. Graduated from the University of Pittsburgh. Uh, back before there was anything like uh, these, these computers we're, we're on today. Uh, since then, I've worked with a, a variety of big companies, both working and consulting for and think tanks. Uh, just a lot, of, a lot of big companies, and, and I, I tend to gravitate, gravitate toward uh, challenges involving big, big data sets, lots of data, trying to make sense of them uh, and, and analyzing them. And uh, when uh, God put it on my heart to, uh, to answer the call and look into this, I guess, nine months now, um, I couldn't say no. Good. Good, good, good. Now, uh, Dr. Walter, you, uh, so the question, uh, I'll have you set this video up. The question is, is it even possible for these machines to steal an election? Well, uh, maybe set this video up and then we'll play that. Well, the verse that comes to mind is Proverbs 11.1 1, is that God detests a dishonest scale. And yes. I would say that includes an inaccurate election count as well. Yeah. Yeah. So this video clip is uh, about an event which happened back in the year 2000 and it directly addresses your question of could a voting machine be programmed to alter an election. So let's watch this clip and then I'll give you a little more context about it. Okay, let's go ahead and play that. Mr. Curtis, would you please state your full name for the record? My name is Clinton Eugene Curtis. And where do you reside? Tallahassee, Florida. And what is your profession? I'm a computer programmer. Would you please speak into the microphone so the audience can hear your testimony? I'm a computer programmer. Mr. Curtis, are there programs that can be used to secretly fix elections? Yes. How do you know that to be the case? Because in October of 2000, I wrote a prototype for President Congressman Tom Feeney at the company I work for in Oviedo, Florida that did just that. And when you say did, did just that, it would rig an election? It would flip the vote 51-49 to whoever you wanted it to go to and whichever race you wanted to win. And would that program that you designed be something that elections officials that might be on county boards of elections could detect? They'd never see it. Mr. Would you answer that question once again? They would never see it. So how would such a, such a program, a secret program that uh, fixes the election, how could it be detected? You would have to view it either in the source code or you'd have to have a receipt and then count the hard paper against the actual vote total. Other than that, you won't see it. All right, Mr. Curtis, uh, if you had been asked, you or others with your professional expertise had been asked to design a protected program to, that would protect the Ohio elections from against, against such software to fix the election, could you have done so? If we've been asked to make a program that could fix the election, sure, anybody can do it. No, could you have designed a program or to, a procedure or a protocol that would have protected Ohio against this kind of rigging? 
No, you have to look at the source code. You have to get probably programmers from both or all parties to look at the source code and determine if there's anything in there that shouldn't be there. I mean, it's a simple program. You're adding one to a person's total. It's a hundred lines of code tops. There's Jeez, that's uh, and this was year. This is uh, back in two thousand and. What year did you say that was? Um, the event occurred in 2000 that he was approached by then uh, Speaker of the State House, uh, Feeney in Florida, just asking, could your software company write a program which could flip a 5149 election to be 4951? Now, and before I have you jump into more uh, Dominion machines, there have been many, many attempts and legal and otherwise to get them to reveal their source code so that people can see where the cheating or if the cheating happened and will will Dominion release, has they have they released it or will they release the source code so that they can be uh, examined? Uh, no, they have not. And however, I should note that as a condition, a lot of states have required that they deposit the source code in escrow with the Secretary of State. So in the case of the state of North Carolina, because of the questions that have been raised, let us see the source code and see if there are any things in there that shouldn't be in there or anything's not in there that should be in there. So the state of North Carolina actually recently hired a computer science professor from South Carolina to get take that escrowed copy of the source code in North Carolina and examine it. And I just talked to him recently and he said they have made the conditions to where he can't get he can't do that job. So they hired him to examine the source code and then said you can only examine it if you have three people with this certification and this many constables watching over your shoulder. And he said, then I can't do my the job you hired me to do. So even though he was supposedly given act, he, he was authorized to view that escrowed source code, but he's been prevented in practical ways from actually doing it. So that's one wow. of the things that, uh, Mr. Jeregi and Mike Lindell's uh, lawsuits have requested from Dominion is the source code that, as Jeff said uh, before we went on the air, you would then compile to see if it matched the machine code that was actually on the machine on election day. So we'll jump in there uh, and, and now and just tell us what, what you want to share for, for today after this video. Okay, uh, so this event in the video was in 2000 that the uh, Speaker of the State House of Representatives in Florida called this software company and said, could you write us a program that would flip a 51-49 election to be 49-51 so the person that, that we want could win? And he said, yes, we could write such a program, uh, but then never heard any more from that individual. So he was not engaged to do so. It was just a question of, could you do that if someone were to hire you to do this? And he said, absolutely. Well, then four years later in 2004, nothing had been done about this, even though he had been bringing it to people's attention. And so finally there was a, I think a house committee hearing held in Ohio. So I think it was the US, a US house committee, but they often hold hearings in states around the country. So I think they were holding a hearing in Ohio in 2004. So this is four years later. And he gave the testimony that you just saw that said that he, 
could, could indeed write such a program that could not be detected. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com and click the Donate Today button. Well, I saw that story in the news, so I, re- I remember that distinctly. So this was 2004, and the first thing that came to my mind is, what if they called me? They said, Walter, could you write a program that would flip an election? And it took me about 15 seconds to come up with a way to do it. I would add really? one line of code that said, if the login name ends with a space, swap the results. So now I log in as Walter. I'm logged in. We're running the election. Uh, it's not going the way that I want the person to win. I say, uh, I need to take a break, go get a cup of coffee. So I'll log out. I come back. I log in as Walter Space. Anybody looking over my shoulder would never see it. If they did look at the video and see it, they'd say, so, so what? But then that one line of code says, if username ends in space, swap the votes. And, and that's that all code. hidden in the source code. So no, not only do they not see it over your shoulder, but it's hidden in the source code. Right. So, so I was able to give the same answer that he he would of course i would i would i would never do that but it could be done well then he again nothing happened after this public testimony and so mr curtis was so upset by that that he registered as a democrat and ran against republican feeney uh uh, but then lost so uh, now it's coming back to into circulation again because of its relevance to what's going on right now And the ones we're going to talk about today are Arizona and uh, Colorado. Okay. So let me ask Robin or Steve, do you have any comments to add before I jump into Arizona? I'm good. So go just jump in. Go for it. Okay. Um, I've been looking ever since Election Day at the data from Pima County, Arizona, which is the second largest county. That's the Tucson area. So Maricopa County, the Phoenix area, is the one that's been in the news and gotten so much attention because Mm. of the state Senate doing an an audit there. But I got the data for the election from uh, a candidate who was a friend of of mine and started analyzing it. And I started seeing things that statistically didn't look right. So whether you're investigating a crime or when I was teaching before I retired, a student comes in and says, hey, my program doesn't work, Uh, can you help me fix it? I would always ask two questions. What's it doing it's not supposed to be doing and what's it not doing that it is supposed to be doing? Or if you're investigating a crime, you wanna know what's there that shouldn't be there and what's not there that should be there. So that's valuable evidence to get the answers to those questions. So in the case of mail-in ballots, people request them, I know in some states like where you are in Oregon, Steve, they just automatically mail a ballot to everybody. Mm-hmm. But in other states, individuals who want to vote by mail or absentee have to fill out a form and mail in a request. They do that at random time before the election. The mail takes a random amount of time to get there. It takes a random amount of time to mail them a ballot. They wait a random amount of time to fill it out. They drop it in the mail. It takes a random amount of time to get back there. It sits in the storage room a random amount of time mm-hmm. and then they start counting it. So that means the mail-in ballots should be completely random. There shouldn't be any pattern to them at all. And this is why polling works. That if you take a random sample of 10% of people 
and ask them, do you like Chevys better than Fords? And 37% say, I like Chevys. Well, the other 90%, when you finally count them, it might be 36% or 38%, but it's gonna be real close to 37%. So if we could put up the first graph, uh, random shuffle one. So I took all of the mail-in votes before election day and shuffled them and then counted the cumulative ratio over time of Biden divided by Trump. So count the first hundred votes, how many Biden votes divided by how many Trump votes. Count the next vote and, and plot how many Biden votes divided by how many Trump votes. And you can see exactly what I described. There are a few wiggles at the beginning because of the small number of votes counted but after 10% of the votes have been counted, it's just flat all the way to election day at a ratio of 1.57 to one, which is roughly three to two. That's saying Biden got 60%, Trump got 40%. So 60-40 would be 1.5 and it was 1.57. Now there are a few little blips along the way. It might've been 1.56 or 1.58, but after that first 10%, it's basically flat. To, uh, to the end of the election. This is what a fair election looks like for random mail-in votes. Whoa. Now let's go to the next slide. Here's what it looked like in Pima County. Now it's I supposed to look like a straight line and it's heading down. What does heading down mean? Well, what that means is if you start at the left, and again, you see a, some wiggles at the beginning when you have only a small number of votes counted, but very quickly it settles down to a 3.3 to one. That means that for every 33 Biden votes, there were 10 Trump votes. But then it systematically, uh, except for those two little big, two big bumps and one little bump, it systematically declines along a straight line, just like it was rolling down a ramp and in order to get this curve, what you would have to do is say, we're going to take the first thousand votes and they're going to vote 79% for Biden. And the next thousand votes are going to vote 78% for Biden. And the next thousand votes are going to vote 77% for Biden. Well, I'm sorry to break this to you, but uh, random ballots in the mail don't line up this way and neither do people on election day. It's a physical so, impossibility, basically, what I'm, what I'm hearing you say it for that to happen. That's right. This this could not happen by chance. Now, yeah. a a mathematician will re, will uh, re, reject that statement. When I say it could not happen by chance, he will say, well, yes, it could. It's one in a billion, 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 billion times it could happen. And I say, well, that's like flipping a coin and betting on heads or tails. So let's say you and I are flipping coins. I know you don't gamble, but let's just pretend for the sake of, of argument. Sure. So uh, uh, I'm gonna bet on heads and it comes up tails. And I, so I lose. I bet on heads again, it comes up tails. I bet on heads again, it comes up tails. Now, even though flipping a coin a million times, it could come up tails a million times in a row, I'm gonna stop playing this game pretty soon. So after about 10 time, 10 tails in a row, I'm going to say, you got a two-headed coin or a trick thumb or something. Uh, I'm not going to play this game because it is so unlikely for all practical purposes, it's zero. And now Jeff is going to show you why that is the case. 
All right. Uh, any preliminary questions from that before I get into? I want you to remember what what Walter said because it's going to become important. So let me, let me just ask one other question about that. In other words, it couldn't happen. So the fact that it did happen, you're saying the only possibility uh, outside of a billion, 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 which is the other side, is that somebody programmed that to happen. It you had know, to be programmed. Can I, ask, can I say something right here that Dr. Walter said it was – and how many billion, billion you were talking about? I mean, that's, it just got ridiculous. But do you know, maybe people, do you know how much a one billion is? Just one, one billion. To put it in something very simple where people can understand, if you had a billion dollars when Jesus rose from the dead and you spent a thousand dollars a day, Right to this day, you'd still have over two hundred and fifty uh, million dollars left. Over two hundred million left, and you spent a thousand a day ever since he rose from the dead. That's, that's one. That's one billion. One. Now imagine, what did you say, brother? It was billions and billions and billions of. Well, let's go back to the coin flip. Yeah. The odds of getting thirty tails in a row is about one in a billion. And we My have 526,000 votes. So we're not talking about 30 in a row following the line. We're talking yeah. about 400,000 following the line. And look how, how much just 1 billion would be. I mean, you're looking at, it's an impossibility. I mean, really. It reminds me of what was the old saying, you know, if you filled the state of Texas with silver dollars and you, and you, you drop one silver dollar painted red somewhere in it blindfold somebody he's got one chance to bend over and find the one red silver dollar out of the whole state of texas that's the odds of that election in my mind right there yeah. am i am i kind of accurate about that brother wouldn't that be You'd about right for all practical purposes this could not have happened without manipulation it, it had to have been manipulated and so I just wanted to throw that in. Yeah, that, good. You know, and good. my thinking, and my thinking, that's what makes sense. Yeah. So, so yeah. So Jeff, go ahead. All right. I think it probably, since we're on the topic, it might be best if you could bring up the slide of uh, the the one that shows the the limits. Uh, yeah. So here's what I did. I wanted to prove this, and so I I ran a hundred thousand. Random elections uh, of a hundred thousand votes, and I recorded what the highest and lowest that, that the randomization would give you at any given point in the vote. Now, the really interesting thing about this is that, like I said, this is this is running a hundred thousand times, and by the time you get to about fifty thousand votes, um, might be a little hard to see on the screen, but basically your percentage is about plus or minus three percent, meaning this. After you get to 50,000 votes in a random mail-in election, you should not see any variations from then on that, that go above or below 3%. By the time you get out to 100,000, that goes to 2%. Now, you show the next slide. Okay, remember he showed you that random shuffle. If you take Pima and you shuffle it randomly, look, that fits right in the pocket of where it should be. 
Yeah. Now, next time we'll show you what, what the actual was to that. <laughs> okay. Now, um, I think you have to, I think the, the skewing is off a little bit because I think the red should probably end But that, some people would say, well, there's yeah. your smoking gun. Yeah. Or yeah. there's your manipulation. Yeah. Or there's your crime. And let or, me tell or there's, you, yeah. yes. Go ahead. And let me tell you, if this was just happening in Pima, uh, we'd say, wow, something's really weird happened in Pima, you know, with something, something in the water out there. <laughs> and if we saw it in a second place, like Mesa, where, uh, spoiler alert, we do, you'd say, that would start getting your attention. Wow, you got a couple. I've seen to this point with data we've been able to publicly acquire from, from different counties across the state, I've seen at least 70 counties that match this profile. Really? This is the fingerprint of fraud. You mean like the same, which would suggest that the same program, and even thus the same programmer, yeah. but the same program is operating in all those places. Now, yeah, and now they, they aren't all, you know, some of them will have dips and uh, and rises in certain points okay. that, that actually look like course corrections that were made on the way. But the point is they start usually uh, very, uh, very toward the Democrat and then are allowed to then go back down into you see, you know, going down, when it's going down, it's getting more Trump heavy as it goes and we've seen a few that actually go the other way when i i, I said this is a very sophisticated uh way of cheating that they did and so yeah. it's it's actually a mistake to try to simplify it too much and i think you have to to a degree to get people to understand and i think this this makes the point but uh we, we have seen even crazier than this where things bounce up and down and back and, and they the, the term that that mathematicians use is, is what's called the law law of large numbers and that was what Walter was describing with the coin flip the point is uh, you know your, your, your second coin flip uh, how it would affect let's say you were keeping track of the percentage of heads to tails uh, when, you, when you do that second coin flip uh, it's gonna make a huge change to that percentage because you only have one coin counted so far so your second coin is gonna be huge if you have 10,000 coin flips and you flip the 10,000 first the most that could move your average of heads or tails is one ten thousand. It's just it's, it just it just is. And when you see these these violations of, of uh, what we call the law of large numbers, uh, that is uh, exhibit one, frankly, uh, in 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 a national uh, effort. Jeff, can <laughs> I just just uh, not to reduce it to the ridiculous, but if a judge was if you had shared this with a, an actual judge and he or she was deciding, it would be lunacy to think that he or she wouldn't say this is clearly in the indicative of cheating. If, if it was a fair judge that wasn't afraid of getting his head caught in a, uh, in a sling trap, um, right. then they would look at that or they would go out and find a recognized expert in uh, mathematics or statistics to look at that and say, hey, is this guy right? Uh, you know, what are the odds of this happening uh, naturally? Uh, and then that person would come back and say, uh, I very strongly believe, yep, you know, this guy's pretty much on the nail. And uh, at that point, the judge would, I think, have to accept it as evidence. But as you know, courts are not accepting uh, these cases on merit, on, on the merit of their evidence, at least not yet. Hopefully that's yeah. going to You know, 
you know, you just you just said something, and uh, I was I looked at Philip for a minute. You just said something that that an attorney could really build a case with. And I'm no legal attorney or anything like that, but I do I do hear things in my spirit. You know, you said something, Jeff, that was absolutely. I don't know if you caught it or if who else caught it. You said this is the fingerprint of fraud. This is the fingerprint of fraud. Somebody could build a case, Philip, where you show a human fingerprint and say, you know, this is a unique thing. It's a unique thing to all of us. Let me show you what the fingerprint of fraud looks like and show that graph right there and put that thing up there. And that would be, somehow that stuck out to me. I don't know about you, Steve, but that stuck out to me. The fingerprint of fraud. That's great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, in, most people have heard that if you took a sampling, if they're doing a poll or a survey, if you took 400 uh, uh, or 1,000 people that were randomly selected, um, you would get a constant average of what your answer is, which is what companies do. So when, when a chart does go straight across, you go, yeah, that's the, that's the average of what, this, that's what you expect after thousands. But when this thing goes down like that, you don't actually have to be smart. You just have to have someone to explain what the, what the slash mean, what the downward thing goes. I mean, don't get me wrong. Obviously, you guys are smart. I'm just saying, if you're looking at the, you don't have to be a real smart judge to, to go, well, that doesn't happen. So it's either willful um, not seeing it or someone's been bribed or paid off, or I'm just, this is yeah. me talking. Okay? No, that's true. You know, but, uh, and this is why Dominion doesn't want to release their source code, because they don't want you to see that this was specifically programmed to do this. Yes. Well, thank you for that. Uh, I, I want to make a, a point now for people who might be watching at home and maybe not convinced them, and they're like, but we all know that, uh, that the Democrats vote uh, mostly mail-in and Republicans vote mainly uh, election day. So you're going to see that. And I want to say that, that the examples that we're using and what we're talking about are comparing only mail-in votes. As, uh, as Walter said, mail-in votes that should be fairly randomized uh, over the course, especially when you get to 50, 100,000 votes. That's, uh, that's what we're talking about. Um, and and if, I, if I could add to that, Jeff, just to make that clear, what Jeff is saying, too, it's not as though they're counting one county that's heavy Democrat and then another county that's heavy Republican. All of these votes are coming in from all of the counties and precincts into one place. Then they're counting them at once. Does that make sense? So it's not as though you have that big fluctuation. When you put all the ballots in one box and shake them up and then count them, as Walter and Jeff have said, it may bounce a bit, but then it it's going to stay straight, and that's not what we've seen. Right, no, and, well, and let's just, I and other people have have run that uh, that calculation of, of randomizing a group of mail-in ballots, like like uh, Walter did with Pima, and we have run it so many times, trying to come up with one that looks like an actual what what they say the votes actually look like, and, and I can tell you without much. Uh, much concern about being uh, wrong. That I think that if you just kept running that, uh, I don't know if it would in any of our lifetimes, uh, or maybe our kids, 
come up with a, a uh, what, what, you know, the, what we just saw as far as that that sort of uh, that sort of line, that sort of curve. Wow. Of All right. So, can you uh, share my? Uh, can you go ahead and bring my screen up? Uh, for those who don't know, let me run quickly through what happened in Mason. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com and click the Donate Today button to become a partner today. So, very quickly, for the November election, Mesa got mail-ins early, of course, and they were, they were, their state was allowed to start counting them early. So, the 19th, they started processing batches of ballots, and batches in Mesa was about 100 uh, ballots, 100 pieces of paper, each one was a, a mail-in vote. So, first day, they go 8,256, 8, 8, 8, 8, sorry. Second day, they process so a little over 11,000. Third day, they process another 86,000, up until 2.18 p.m. At 2.18 p.m., this is what happened, according to the databases, this is this is what happened. Uh, there, are, there are different databases in the system. A database is a collection of data uh, but the point is that there were supposed to be three, uh, and now suddenly two extra ones got created, which were duplicates of two of them. So now you had actually five databases. Uh, Mesa County clerks did not perform this action, uh, not, not what you're going to see. So we get your blank, your new database is originally empty, uh, and, and then it copied over all but 5,567 of, of about 26,000 that had been counted to that point. The records, the digital records, were copied to the new database, but they left the 5567 behind, uh, and you can see there. So uh, now we have two, I, you know, two databases that are the same kind of data, but now we have two different sets of data in them. Hmm. Uh, so the, the copied ballots were then reprocessed as if they were new, even causing some of the ballots that have been copied to go through adjudication again. Adjudication is very simple. When a computer looks at a new ballot that's been scanned in, uh, the computer looks to see if, based on the picture of that ballot, it can tell where the ovals were, so it knows who the person voted for. And if it if it's able to tell that without any kind of question or, or anything, then it goes ahead and counts the votes. If not, it, it kicks it out, and people, usually a Republican and a Democrat or an Independent, uh, then actually have to look at the image of that ballot and say what they think happened, what the person meant to vote for. You know, a, a case that Walter often points out when he's talking is that you maybe somebody filled in the oval completely for one candidate, but before they did, they were thinking about the other candidate, and they put their pen down in the middle of the oval, and they made a little mark there before they filled out for the other guy. That's a case where the computer might say, yeah, I'm not really sure. Let's let a person look at this. The person, the people look at it and say, okay, it's obvious. The person meant to vote for, for this guy, All right, So... Well, the number of ones that were identified as needing humans to look at wasn't the same the second time these ballots were processed. And that is the big tell, that something changed in the nature of those ballots between the time they were first scanned in and then the time they were processed again, um, you know, after this happened. Um, so again, it, it should have been the same number. It wasn't the same number. And it makes very likely that the changes were made to those ballots, and it also allows that whatever change it made would have overwritten the votes originally reported. So the original database goes away. It's never used again. Uh, details about it, about the ballots that were only on there, like when they were adjudicated, who who would you, who looked at them, uh, the time they were processed, all that information is now gone. 
Uh, and it, a metaphor is now they had two books, two sets of books, and one of them was hidden from view. So then they go through the rest of the counting and they get up to 91,600 total. There were no further issues. I said counting continued as normal with quotes because who knows what normal is in this, uh, in this anymore. Mm. All right. So my, my, uh, what I'm saying in this is that the 20,000 that were copied to the new database can't be considered valid because they were subjected to an authorized reprocess. This makes the chain of custody of these ballots shattered. Uh, that would be enough. If I stopped right there, that would be enough. But also we have evidence that there was changes. So the original vote selected on those ballots is unknown, meaning no one uh, on this planet knows how many, what the votes were initially on those ballots for sure, unless you would go back and do a, a paper recount and made sure that the paper was the original paper. Uh, the 5,567 that were left in the original database, uh, I don't consider those valid because an effort was made to hide their existence from the Mason mm. County Courts. Uh, some exhibit fast loading times. There may be an explanation for that, but that's not a critical point in all of this. Uh, but that is something that we noted. Uh, therefore, I think all, all almost 26 ballots that came in before them uh, you you can't have confidence that you know what the votes were. And I said there there are digital ballot images where it takes the picture of the of the ballot, but there are some companion files that are usually there that confirm the authenticity of of these images, uh, and they're not there. So uh, for whatever reason, I don't know exactly why, but they're not there. And that means we can't verify that even the digital images are the same, and the system certainly has the ability to edit di digital images. No one, no one can say that it doesn't. It, it absolutely does. Then, fast forward. They had a municipal election in April, which they started counting mail-in votes in March, and the same thing happened with different numbers. And even some slightly more weird stuff happened with this. But mm -hmm. The point is, in this case, you had four thousand and some. Uh, copied to the new database, uh, 4,400 were left in there. And the interesting thing about this is the four city council races in that election, the largest margin of victory was approximately 3,000 votes. Uh, and mm -hmm. I've got, I've got 8,000 votes there that are in question. Uh, now, uh, between May 25th and 26th on 2021, the Culinary Secretary of State and Dominion sent people in to install a new trusted build version of the, of the, uh, Dominion software. Uh, this wasn't like updating your Word processor or Excel or your or your browser. This was a total recopy of the hard drive from what they wanted, you know, from their new their version. They basically copied a new version hard drive over top of the old hard drive. So whatever was on that hard drive, you know, people say, oh, 29,000 files, 49,000 files. The point is all of the files were uh, either overwritten or destroyed. Uh, you know, some of them might have been replaced, but all of the all of the files regarding the election, the data, the databases to keep the data for the elections that had done there, those were gone. Jeff, can I uh, can I interrupt for a second? So uh, we talked about this the other day. You're basically presenting a scenario where shenanigans had gone on on a previous election. I think you're saying. And then the powers that be that program this said, you know what, we need to update this program to make it more of the updated version of and then what they while they updated it, they completely erased the evidence of what had gone on before. 
Is that what you're saying? Well, yes, if I understand you right, this happened after both of those elections happened. So okay. both of those elections happened. Then this happened, which wiped out all the evidence. And I can tell you that if uh, Tina Peters had not intervened to, to take an image or a copy of that drive before the trusted build, as they call it, was installed, we would know nothing of what went on because it's all gone. Erased. Uh, and, and there was no way, you know, as I said, it would have been lost forever. Um, and uh, that's that particular uh, you know, thing. Wow. Um, wow. So, yeah, so it definitely did get rid of the evidence. And uh, if, if I can if I can pop something up real, real quick, if you don't mind. Go ahead. Uh, can you can you uh, can you share this also? I just wanted to show you. You remember what uh, Pima County looked like? This is what Mesa looks like. Uh, the other way, it's this just this is upside down. From yeah, Canada because this is Trump divided by Biden. Uh, people do people do do this differently for for a variety of reasons. But once again, you have this. This was the original stuff. It's very very pro Biden. We're on, we're on 50 50. You see this? Everything to this point was about 50 50. Uh, and then uh, right around the time when the manipulation happened, which is the orange, then suddenly it's just zooming right up to where it was. Coincidentally, the votes that came in after the manipulation, mail-in votes after the manipulation, uh, were even more Trump than 2016 had been in Mesa County. So, uh, Again, the chances that you had these first 26,000, which is before the orange, uh, center around 100, a little over 50-50. And then suddenly, if you actually looked at what the nature of all of these 50,000 or some that are left, uh, you would see that they are more like 78-30. Uh, are you saying that by this, that, that people, that they, the machine was trying to manipulate this one in favor of Trump, or what am I missing on that? No, it, it, what, what it's saying is that you had it, you had it, the, all of what you just saw the manipulation. Uh, I I believe that the first that fifty five hundred that was left in there were likely anybody's seen two thousand mules. You'll know what I think about those fifty five hundred ballots, right? Uh, because those were fifty fifty. By the way, there was a three vote difference. Three plus three for Biden in that first fifty-five hundred, and then slightly less after the manipulation. We know we don't know what the original votes were on them. We just know what they are after the manipulation. Those were about fifty-one forty-nine Trump in a county which is reliably seventy thirty roughly. For Trump, yes, which is reliably seventy thirty for Trump. Suddenly, uh, between. The 2,000 mules activity and then the pre-programmed uh, machine, ma magically, Biden comes out on top. Yes, and and I want to point out the the I have to give them credit where credit is due. Uh, in, uh, in like I say, our, our father's election fraud. You waited till the end to see how many you needed, and you went to that one reliable county that exists in every state and said we need an extra 50,000 miles, and they'd magically come up with. But that that provides, if you look at these kind of graphs on that, it's very obvious that it happens. In this particular case, what they're doing is they're doing the injections at the beginning and spreading them out over the very beginning of the election. Because nobody previous to this ever looked at the beginning of an election for uh, tomfoolery. Because that, we always wait until the end and see what we need. 
They figured out yeah. what they would need. They made a very good guess of what they would need at the beginning. Added it then. And that's that's exactly what I just discovered in Pima County. Uh, could we go back to that last graph that shows the downward slope? This one or, or one the, before that, that one, one right there? Yeah. Okay. Now look at the top left or the red line. You see those uh, big bumps like two mountain peaks. Yeah. And then it's going down the line and then about a fourth of the way over, there's another little bump in the line. Mm -hmm. Well, there was a whistleblower in Pima County who back right after the election in November 2020, sent a letter to all of the state senators, the FBI, and I don't know who else that said he was invited to a meeting where every Democrat candidate in Pima County was promised an extra 35,000 votes. And he said, well, how are you going to add 35,000 votes without it being obvious? Which is what Jeff was describing, that if you had 35,000 extra votes for the Democrat at the end, there would be a huge change in the curve at the end. And they answered, they answered him. So he asked the question, he said, so all the Democrats are going to get 35,000 extra votes. Remember, this is just what the whistleblower says, hasn't been proven. Whistleblower says, I heard them say every Democrat's going to get 35,000 extra votes. He said, well, how's that going to not be obvious? Well, that is all I heard of the news story when it came out back in November. Two weeks ago, I got the actual email that he sent to all the state senators and the FBI. And he said the 35,000 votes will be spread out throughout the election in blocks of a thousand. Okay. And as soon as he said that, I said, now I know what to look for. So now bring up that uh, dot graph, if you would. So what this is, is a sliding window, not cumulative like the one before, of just saying every block of a thousand votes that's in this window, what's the Biden to Trump ratio? Move the window over a fraction. So count votes one to a thousand, move it over by 25, count votes 25 to 1025, move it over 25, count 50 to 1050. So every window is a thousand, but then see what the Biden to Trump ratio is. Now you'll notice most of them follow a downward slope anyway, even though this isn't cumulative, but look at the spikes above the line. So on the left-hand side, you have a half a dozen big spikes that are way above that line. If you can see the scale on the left, where the average was about three to one for Biden to Trump, they, they were at five to one. And then if you come about a fourth of the way in where it says 5,000 at the bottom, but this is a scale times 25. So that's really after 125,000 votes are calculated. You see that huge spike? That's over six and a half to one. That does that mean an, does that mean during the counting suddenly in a moment in time a thousand how does that what does that mean what is that spike is that a moment in time or what what that is is the next thousand votes so the, the thousand next thousand votes before that had an average of at this point about 2.5 to one so it's kind and of like a moment it's 6.5 to one so, and I can tell you from the scale, if I expand this out, I can tell you the exact ballot numbers. 
Yeah. So somebody needs to go do a physical audit and say, I want to see ballot numbers 127.024 to 128.023, because that's where that spike of the thousand is. So since they were promised 35,000 extra votes, but they can't have 100% Biden blocks, that'd be too obvious. That means Trump had to get an extra 22,000 votes. So that means there are 57 of these thousand vote spikes and if you zoomed out this graph, probably above that downward slope, you'd see 57 spikes up above. And then I can tell you exactly which ballot numbers are the fake ballots that were added to the machine that I don't think there are paper ballots to match. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I said a moment in time, but let's, but if there's people feeding machines, somehow magically, this is my term, every thousand votes that they're feeding in suddenly there's a thousand people that voted more for trump for biden on top of it, it would that be about a way of saying it every uh, thousand votes well i think what happened is that when the curve was getting too far away from where they wanted to end up they said major correction it's, let me change metaphors and say you're driving down the highway trying to stay in the center of your lane, but you're distracted or sleepy or whatever, and you start drifting over to the edge of the lane, and then you hit the rumble strip or the gravel, and you say, oops, and then you jerk the wheel and you overcorrect. So what I think was happening here, this is just my hypothesis, yeah. is that they had a plan to follow this slope line down from three to one to 1.5 to one, and when it got too far off the plan, they jerked the wheel and said, throw in an extra thousand votes, 85% for Biden, and just manufactured them inside the computer. That's what I think happened. But the, the way to find out would be to take these ballot numbers for these spikes and go ask the county, show me the paper ballots for, for those spikes. Yeah, wow. Oh, hopefully those paper ballots will be available. But if they, you know, and you're saying, and you're saying, oh yeah, and you're saying, uh, Walter, that, well, I'm, I might have lost my thought, but, but your belief, your belief is that those paper ballots don't exist at all. That's right. I think they were manufactured in, that the, that the count Machine. was manufactured in the computer. Yeah. They, when it got to that big spike, uh, about a fourth of the way through the vote, it just said, we need another 850 Biden votes and 150 Trump votes, scramble, scramble them up. So there's not a pattern of Biden, 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 Trump, 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 scramble them up in this block of a thousand and just stick that in the list of votes and then start processing real paper again. That's, that's my guess, but it's just no. a guess. I mean, it, it points out the big three uh, issues that have to be addressed. Uh, you, you have to inflate the voter rolls so that you have the raw material to have the extra uh, mail-in ballots, and then you need the machine to stage manage the whole thing to make the numbers work out right. Wow. Wow. Wow, you guys. So, um, um, you know, I want to have, you know, uh, Hear what you ought to say on this, Robin. But there, you also had um, before we were done. But did you have something happen that you were going to share? You had said there was something that happened. Did I understand it right that you had something that, with a court or supervisors or something, or is that something else? 
in, in other words, what happened in Mesa County today? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the DA in Mesa County, who was read my report, uh, decided to do a briefing to the county commissioners today on his investigation into the allegations made into my report. So that caused a lot of uh, uh, excitement today. And uh, it was very much a look here, not there situation. Uh, I come out it, it, after after seeing everything that was presented there. It doesn't change any of my, uh, you know, any of my main uh, uh, findings. Uh, you know, it might might have been a little, slightly little baseline to one of the songs, but uh, that that's uh, it doesn't change the tune. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com and click the Donate Today button. Okay. So nothing changed there. So I guess to, to what now that we know this, or at least it's very, very clear to the viewers, it's clear to me. And Robin, I think when we were talking about this the other day, that's kind of where I was going, okay, now what do we do? And you actually had some input i don't know if you remember the other day you kind of felt like okay now it's time to let people know or let the sheriffs what 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 had you what are your thoughts about what people should do with this now that we see this well the the first thing that that i was thinking of after listening to walter and jeff that this this thing so what we're actually looking at, you know, there was prophetic words given, Steve, and you'll remember this. And, and I, I didn't say it, but I remember several prophets said it'll be a landslide, a landslide, yep. a landslide. Yep. And then I heard this prophetic word, and I remember saying this now. I said, I had one major uh, a guy ask me uh, on a phone. He said, um, he said, do you think Trump will win? I said, yes. I said, and then I said this, whether anybody knows it or not, I'm not sure. And this was way back. Really? Well, and then when they started prophesying landslides, I said this. I said, I want you to remember something. And the Lord gave me this word. I said, a landslide is hard. to It creates such a mess when it all comes off the hill down to the bottom. Then you have to dig your way out of a landslide. And so I said, people need to remember that, that a landslide is something you have to dig out of. Mm. And so from watching, looking at all this data that these men have shown us, Trump won probably by a bigger margin than anybody has ever fathomed yet. He probably took states that people would never guess would have voted for him. He probably took things, I mean, it looks to me like that there were he probably won in a bigger margin than we've ever known. Now, what I said was was this: if I if this is what you're referring to, I said what we need to know now, now that the masses know what has happened, because today there's a lot of people heard this, you know, and now they can see it. It's like Steve said: they saw the smoking gun today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, now. We need, Philip, what was it you called it that I said we we need to talk to? Who is the guy? We need somebody. You called it an active action, action somebody. Well, an action what was item, it? Robin. Yeah, an action, action item. item. That's, That's right. what we need. Right. And we need to know uh, in officials, in local officials, because you're probably going to have to do it county by county. 
you're probably going to have to do it that way. Am I right? It's going to have to probably be one yeah, this way. Yeah. Yes and no, Robin. You can do it okay. county by county. We're also filing lawsuits uh, asking the elected officials. Of course, this is their job, right? Secretaries of state, local election officials, and statewide other election officials. But it's their job to ensure that we have honest elections. And yet many of them, perhaps perhaps all of them, uh, Walter yeah. and Jeff could comment on that, but perhaps all of them are not coders with computer systems. They right, don't understand right. the source code. They trust a vendor, literally, they hire a vendor who's not elected by the people to come in and create a system. And the uh, election official just says, is it honest? And they say, yes. And they say, okay, the problem is there's coding within these machines that the elected officials aren't privy to. And so okay. the lawsuits that we're, that we're filing, if I could just say this, Robin, the, the lawsuits yeah, that we're filing are to say to the elected officials, prove it, show us the money, show us the code, if it's honest, prove it so that's the action item but we can also do that on a local level with the clerks the district attorneys and the sheriff so that's the action item for everybody call your sheriffs your district attorneys your elected officials and tell them show us the code prove it okay is it is it different in every county or or can or who is the person who can say we don't trust the machine we don't trust the machine we're yeah, going to negate that and we're going back to paper yeah, let, let, let me add something to that. This is the beauty of our federal system, is that power goes from the, goes from the people up, and it doesn't come right. from Washington down. So what that means is that your county executive, in Texas it's called the county judge, but whoever the chief executive of the county is, and the county commissioners, again, sometimes there's a slightly different name in different counties. Right they only answer to three things the citizens of the county the state constitution and the u.s constitution so if the county judge and commissioners decide these machines are untrustworthy that's what i'm asking right there reasons, like jeff and i jeff and my report has proven and much other evidence so if the machines are untrustworthy i would argue that the county judge and commissioners Ha already have the authority to say we're going to go to hand marked hand counted paper ballots and in fact five counties in nevada starting with nye county nye are doing that right now wow that's that's what i was asking so and, uh say that again one more time if if the county judge you say county judge and the county commissioners say we are going to conduct our elections with hand marked hand counted paper ballots then that's their decision. So think about it. Let's say election morning, 7 a.m., they're supposed to open and there's a power failure and they can't open right. until 8 a.m. The county judge just says, well, we lost an hour. We're going to stay open an extra hour at the end of the day. He doesn't have to call the secretary of state. He doesn't have to call the government. And he, governor, and he sure doesn't have to call Washington. He has the authority to run elections in his county. And I would argue that authority extends to saying, from now on, we're going to use hand-marked, hand-counted paper ballots in, in my And carry. not trust the machines. And not trust the machines. So, so if somebody wants to run the ballots through the machine, they say, hey, we've got a lease, we paid for the machines. That's fine, but only certify the paper count, the hand count. Right. If the machine count matches, then that's a good double well, check. If the machine count doesn't match, we're only gonna certify the, the hand count. 
And, and just to add to that, this doesn't mean that we go back to horse and buggy days. They just had a big election in France and they, they don't use the machines. So this is not hard to do. It's very simple and it's smart because we have legitimate concerns. And so this is the way to do it. Well, the other that Philip and uh, Mike Lindell are doing is to do statewide bands of machines. That's so good. That's, that's excellent right there. Already been filed by yeah. Mark Fincham and Carrie Lake in Arizona asking that the machines be banned statewide until they are proven to be trustworthy. Well, can so, I, sure. let me ask this to Philip. I wanted to ask Philip this. Okay, number one, let me first make this statement um, that this is the most powerful nation on the face of the planet. I mean, you're talking about the yeah. most influential, most powerful nation on the planet right here, the United mm -hmm. States of America. Why would you ever try to taint our voting system and sway such a powerful arm uh, of, of like this in the world? Because anything, you know, it's anything we do will affect the world in the most remote areas because that's the weight the United States carries. Okay, to start with, why wouldn't we think somebody would try to overthrow our votes? Mm. Number one. And then why would we let, the, let ourselves be put in a position to do it? All this spells is, is what people would call conspiracy, but give conspiracy about 72 hours and it'll be fact yeah. on the news. Yeah. Now, this is what I wanted to ask Philip was this. Now, if you think I'm way off, you were, uh, Jeff was talking about the databases being created inside, internally, inside the machine. That's what the Lord showed me. I don't know anything about that, but God is revealing such things. Now, what I wanted to say, and this is what I think the Lord showed me today. Philip, what could, now there's a lot of local attorneys. There's a lot of brilliant minds probably watching this in different states, different areas. I really believe that Jeff, <laughs> now you just tell me if I'm wrong, but optics are everything. You know, everything. And I believe people don't, people live what they perceive, not what, what's really going on. If they perceive it to be, that's the way they live. They vote according to perception. They talk according to their perception you know what when he said this is the fingerprint of fraud why can't why can't a local attorney take that analogy show what just this simple thing a fingerprint on a person make the make it make the connection and the fingerprint of fraud on a local level and go in there and prove to the county judge and the county commissioner, this is fraud. And we convict people for life in prison over a fingerprint. Great point. What? And now we're looking at a fingerprint of fraud, and it was called that by an expert in this field by two of them. And so if we can convict a man for life on a, on a fingerprint, Mm, Why in the world can't we come up and show it? And once we won two or three of those, all it would take is yeah. two or three. 
Yeah. You I, would have I, you, you would have precedent to fuel a yeah. machine, man, that would carry it across the nation. Yeah. And I think am I off? Am I off or am I on with it? No, I, I agree, Robin. And I think we have opportunities in these present cases that, that we filed. Um, one thing that I love about Mike Lindell and his team is that they don't quit. They That's keep true. working. They but keep have, working. They keep have you... Have you heard anybody make the two points, a fingerprint of fraud and a fingerprint of a person? I haven't, but it's a great point because someone could say about a fingerprint, well, there's always maybe some minute chance, right? Oh. No, we accept those in a court of law. That's exactly and right. And, and Robin, I, I really want to say this in response to what you said because we're filing these cases and we're not quitting, but ultimately, you know who needs to man up? are the judges and the officials, the elected officials who this is coming before, because I can only bring a complaint. I can't make the decision, right? So I think the challenge for our nation right now, and as we're praying, I, I want to I want to encourage you guys, pray and keep at it, because Jesus said, our problem is fear, Robin. Yeah. This nation, it's been fear, sure. it's been the common theme, but sure. it applies in this context as well. We know the election was stolen. so. Jesus said, he said, why do you fear the one who can kill your body? And after that, he can't do anything else to you. Yeah, right. What you should mm -hmm. do is fear the one who can kill your body. And after that, can put your soul into hell for eternity. Yes, I tell you, fear him. And that's where we need to be as the church in our nation. And we need to be praying for our judges and for our officials to have that kind of fear of God. Because that's what yeah. it's going to take to stand up to the threats and all the other stuff. Yes. And look, I'm, I'm being vague when I talk about threats. I'm not accusing any one person of it. I'm a lawyer. Yeah. I have to say that. But I'm saying I think we all can see what's been happening here. And we need boldness in our elected officials and fear mm -hmm. of God first. Well, I, I know this. I know this, guys. I really believe I heard the Lord. If somebody would make a case... Mm, that good. somebody could make a case and go before these yeah. county judges, county commissioners, and make the case and make it a thing, the fingerprint of fraud. Make it that. Call it that. Yeah. That is the move, the fingerprint of fraud. And if you could, maybe some of you guys, I'm talking to Philip and some guys like that, if you could prepare a, a some kind of demo and, and talk to these local attorneys and, and get it in their hands. There's some of them that are not afraid. They need a simple stone. You need a simple stone to knock a giant down. You, you can't just, you, you, you don't go in with, uh, what was it? There was a little cartoon called Veggie Tales that, that yeah. showed up, that showed uh, Josh in the big wall, you know, and he said, what about our big, uh, this big rocket we've prepared over here. He said, no, it'll be a shout. This is what'll bring it down. So people are looking for all these complicated ways to fix this thing. But a simple stone, what could be more simple than a fingerprint? What could yeah. be more simple than that? But, but complicated minds don't need to overlook what this prophet's telling yeah. you right now. Yeah. And I'm Make it I, a campaign. I, I, with that finger of fraud once the judge or the county supervisors or, or whoever makes those uh, decisions the point is not even as much to go after dominion the point is never use these machines machines again, again. yeah or any other machine that can be programmed 
by someone else. But, you know, I, I think the nation needs to go back to paper ballots. Well, period. sure it does. Otherwise, sure it does. someone else will do it next time. And someone well, else will do it next time. And to the most powerful nation on the earth. Yeah. That's what, that's the danger. Of, I mean, that's yeah. more dangerous than anything because it, it falls in the wrong hands. You've got nuclear codes. You've yeah. got things that could absolutely annihilate a race of a whole human race. Yeah. So, so here is the thing, a simple stone. I, I'm just telling you, if it's a simple stone that brings a giant down. It's okay. never the might of a machine. Right. It's good. Take a simple approach. Yeah. And the fingerprint of fraud, now you know inside a, inside a voting machine, it leaves a fingerprint. I would never good. thought about that, Jeff. But if it's treated like a living entity yeah. on the inside of it, well, now think about it. It duplicated its own database. So it's almost like a living organism. Yeah. It's doing it on its own, so it has a fingerprint also, and Dr. Walter found it. I mean, that's it. It's the mm-hmm. it's this, and it can be manipulated the other way to cover what's yeah. really going on on this side. Yeah. You know, look at this hand while this hand does something mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. And so I believe if attorneys, somebody, I'm not an attorney, I know the best one in the world. His name is Jesus. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to tell you something. If you'll approach it with that, That's look good. at, look, watch this now. Just stay with this prophet just a minute. Just let, hear me out. It's a thumb drive that causes all the problems. It's thumb prints that convict people. It's a fingerprint. Make the case. A fingerprint of fraud is as unique as the fingerprint on your thumb. Man, yeah. I'm going to yeah. tell you something. Yeah. If you don't get that across to anybody but the county uh, a judge and commissioners, you've changed everything. Yeah, and if I can just say, and I followed the prophets for 30 years now, and and when you, when you hear a prophet really nail it down like Robin is, if somebody doesn't actually use those terms, before a judge, before a county supervisor, you're, that would not that would not be the better part of wisdom. The better part of wisdom is he said it. I'm going to just use that. Uh, I'm going to use those terms because God's given you a key that's going to go I, to the judge I, or the person. You know. I believe so, Steve. And yeah. and see, it's just like it's just like you guys said. These judges are not computer scientists either. I mean, they 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 don't understand all of this. They're experts in their field. But when yeah. it comes to dealing with these machines, they're not. They're children, just like most people compared to you guys inside these machines. So why not just give them the simple rundown? Let me show you, Judge. This is the fingerprint of fraud. And they're going to look at that little thing and then the ramp. They're going to mm-hmm. say, well, well, explain this to me. Yes. So we start breaking it down. It's very simple. That's and when good. you do, all you've got to do is get two or three counties to throw these machines out. After that, we're on a roll. Yeah, yeah. Because the true. the most powerful nation in the world should not be trusted to the hands of a Venezuela a crooked yeah. machine. Yeah. And so, and also to the viewers, 
you, you all know judges, you all know county supervisors, and attorneys, you all know sh sheriffs, attorneys, friends in, in high places and higher places than I've mentioned. Uh, share this and share this and share this in the same way yeah. 2000 Mules is being shared because the right people are seeing this stuff. So, this is really important. Don't forget that the fingerprint of God. Um, I mean, the fingerprint of fraud. Sorry, yeah, because we want to put the fingerprint of God on. Well yeah. done, Robin. Thank you, and Jeff, and Philip, and Dr. Walter uh, Doherty. We appreciate you this so much. This is very, very powerful, more powerful than it might even seem on the surface because uh, words have been spoken and, and actions been given. Uh, so be sure to follow through. Thank you, everybody, for uh, um, bearing with us as we try to get online. We're close to an hour late, but we did it. And we appreciate that. Thank you, uh, Walter and Philip and Jeff and Robin. I appreciate you all very much. I'm very grateful. You all have a good day. We all see. We we'll see you all later. Bye. Shalom. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at elijahstreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on YouTube, Rumble, and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Click the link in the description to become a partner today.